mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at It gets me pumped every time, bros. All right, first things first. Come see me do stand-up. September 5th, Milwaukee. September 6th, Chicago. September 7th, Boston. October 3rd through 5th, Nashville, Tennessee. October 17th, Irvine, California. November 22nd, Seattle. November 23rd, Portland, Oregon. Very excited and amazed. Thank you to everybody that's ever come see me do stand-up. Tickets at Christina P. online. (laughs) This episode of Where My Mom's At is brought to you by Sattva Mattress Company. I'm a huge fan of Sattva. In fact, so much so, we bought our luxury firm King Size Mattress about, oh my gosh, what is it, five or seven years ago. And I loved this company so much because at the time, Tom and I had very little money, but we needed a king size bed. And I found Sattva online and I just fell in love with this product. And I called them and I said, You got to sponsor your mom's house and now where my mom's at because that's how much I believe in this company uh the bedding is the beds are such high quality and you can do a memory foam bed or um the luxury firm which is what we do their flagship we do both in our house actually we have one in the guest room and one in our bedroom um check it out try it out they do a 90 day in-home trial if you don't like it you send it back uh they have great delivery set up they take away your old mattress for a tiny fee which is fantastic it's such an easy process you call uh sorry the minute you you order online you get a phone call from a a representative they walk you through the process it couldn't be easier so check it out their loom and leaf that's l-o-o-m-a-n-d-l-e-a-f that's the memory foam mattress or uh, there are luxury firm stuff, which is what we we love, and uh, Satva S A A T V A. If you're looking for mattresses, okay, thank you, Satva. This episode is also brought to you by Michelin moms and dads. We've all been there. You're driving down the road. Uh, your kids are in the back screaming at each other. You turn around to break the fight up, and that's when you have to slam on your brakes in a panic. It just happened to me, and I was so thankful um, that I had Michelin tires on my car because you want tires that perform well with every stop, and that's where Michelin comes in because stopping safely consistently matters. Did you know that the average family will stop an often emergency stop some 20,000 times per year? Yeah, that's a lot. So Michelin, unlike other brands, builds their tires to perform every time uh, across every diaper run, pickup, drop off and road trip. When worn Michelin premier all season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. Michelin is the world's leading tire manufacturer. They are dedicated to enabling mobility and safety for all parents driving around with their loved ones in the back seat. Michelin has a rich 125-year global history and an unwavering dedication to provide products and services that make driving around with your families safer, more efficient, and eco-friendly. So next time when you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin Premier All-Season Tires. Michelin performance every time. Thank you, Michelin. All right. Let's get into stuff. I've got a lot of stuff. First of all, oh, first of all, yes, I wanted to give a little shout out again to my cousin Shadi. She listened to the episode with Dr. Drew where I briefly mentioned 
there was a doctor who started washing his hands and he ended up saving millions of women's lives. Uh, and it was a Hungarian. Thank you, Shariko, for reminding me that our tribe is superior. His name was Ignaz Semmelweis. But this is not a, a Hungarian name. It's a German. I don't know. But it says uh, Ignaz Semmelweis washing his hands in chlorinated lime water before operating. This is the story of a man whose ideas could have saved a lot of lives and blah, 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 whatever. The point is this guy was working with cadavers. I think this is the story goes. And he was noticing because they were delivering babies on the same place that the cadavers were and that the women were dying left and right so he thought ah, i know what if i work on the cadavers wash my hands and then deliver babies and that that completely revolutionized stuff so you guys can thank the hungarians uh for that as well as the ballpoint pen as hungarian and um rubik's cube as a hungarian tom selek his real name is actually selekash you're welcome Oh, and the atomic bomb. We um, developed that. It was a famous Hungarian rocket scientist in the Manhattan Project. Uh, you're welcome. Okay, so uh, thank you for Cousin Shadi for that. And then I also have a response. So a while back, I spoke with a mother in Bloomington, Indiana. Or she's a mom-to-be. And um, she wasn't sure if she should go uh, re regular hospital or do like doula styles. I have two writers from Bloomington. The first one is says, uh, I'm, a, I'm a new dad in Bloomington. Your caller should definitely go to the birthing classes at the Bloomington Hospital. They have resources for those thinking about home birth and contacts for all the doulas in town too. They have a seven-week option or the one-day, one eight-hour option. Either one works and the prices go without insurance. High and tight. Air, air day, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Also, this is a great review from somebody named Chelsea. She says, I had my first baby girl 14 months ago at IU Health. I had a really great experience delivering. I'm a pretty no bullshit woman. I don't like being babied. I just want to do the damn thing and safely get my baby out. I felt as though my doctors and nurses at IU Health in Bloomington, Indiana did a great job just getting to the point and delivering my baby Sienna safely. Shout out to Dr. Appling. Well, there you go, lady. I forget who your name, I'm sorry, um, in Bloomington, but there are your options. There's two people from your hometown, and I'm so glad I could help you connect. See? See how this show connects people? <laughs> We're just like a town hall. All right, so let's get into it first. You know me, I love my... What, Nadav? My? Now it's time for a round of mom, mom fails. Oh, I had a mom fail. I wrote it down for you this week. You know, I have to say I had some thoughts this week. I always like to bring my thoughts to you. Um, oh, wait, hold on. That's for the doctor. Um, I was realizing this week that... Um, <laughs> this is funny. Oh, my son asked me what my vagina was finally this week. That happened. I was I'm getting out of the shower, and he saw me, and he goes, What's that? And I was like, it's my snatch, you dummy. You came out there. I didn't, say, I did not say that. I did not. I was very loving, and I would never say that to my kid. I said, I said, uh, I said, that's my private part, and you have one too, and, but I'm a girl. Mine's different. And it was very normal. I just talked to him like a normal human being. Um, so that was that. I gave him a cool haircut this week. Oh, and then, anyway, I came to this point that, um, you know, we talk about the hard parts of being a mom, but I like to talk about the good stuff too. And 
there is something so liberating after you have two children that you don't give a rip about anything. And I think that's like why now I can really make fun of myself for being a cool mom, even though I'm really like the, you just, you kind of accept your lameness and you embrace your fanny pack and you put it on and you embrace your sparkle shoes. And um, I don't know, there's a level of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Existential awareness. It's like when you're like, I know I'm responsible for these two people. The gravity of it's crazy. I'm going to die. They're going to die. We're all going to die. You just, you kind of loosen up and you're like, I don't care. I'm going to listen to Taylor Swift and I'm going to (laughs) like, I'm going to eat Pop-Tarts. I don't care. I don't care. And it's, uh, it's nice. It's very liberating. So there you go. If that even made sense. I don't know. Who am I? Okay. Let's do mom fails. I love it. Mom fails. This one, oh, this one's so gross. As of course, I get, I get a, a barrage of um, poop related, which obviously, you know, it's on brand, but this one's great. Hey, Jeans, I have a pretty horrifying mom fail for you that happened after I put my three-year-old daughter in potty training down for a nap in our brand new house. I shut her door, go downstairs, easy peasy, no fuss. She was quiet for almost three hours. Now that's a good nap. I was so impressed. Um, I walk back upstairs to finally wake her, and upon opening the door, I find that she is passed out, half laying on her bed, Donald ducking it without underwear, with brown stain all over her hands, like she had literally washed her hands with it. As I look around the room to find the source, I realize that there is poop mashed into the carpet and smeared all over the windowsill. <laughs> I cried. Brand new house, brand new carpet, not even a week in the house and already christened by my child's shit. To top it off, I go to grab her a fresh pair of underwear and find the culprit poop nuggets all nicely lined in a row in her underwear drawer. So disgusting. But I don't know if you could have prevented that, you know? Has Alice ever done anything like Mm. that to you? No, and I, I honestly think it's because we're so poo-centric and we're always like, are you pooping? What's that poop like right now? Is it stinky? Is it stinky? Let me see it. Let's smell it. Like we're so, we're, we talk about it so much that it's like he's not interested, I think. He's not as like, ooh, what's that? And we've told him like, don't touch. It's yucky. You don't want to get the poop on your fingers because they, they'll reach another diaper when you're changing them when they're really little. Like so you kind of tell them early like, no, no, no touch. But no, <laughs> but I hear when you change a, a little girl's diaper that the poopoo gets in their meow and you have to clean the poop out of their meows, which is gnar, 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 gnarly. You don't like it. So are you glad that you only have boys? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so, I mean, so easy. I is mean, it a good trade-off? Like, uh, is it, do they get rambunctious? I mean, having yeah, two boys? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, yeah, like the, the level literally like this in order to t- change Ellis in the morning, like he'll spring out of bed and just start jumping and like, ah, blah, 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 and like, he'll just start touching my face as I'm trying to change him. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, get the wiggles out. Like I'll tell him like, get it out. And he'll be like, blah, blah, blah. like do, are you calm? Yes. Do you ever have daydreams where you're like, oh man, I, I wish you were a girl or I wish I had girls instead. And then you're reminded like, oh no, wait, I'd have to clean their I know their there. meows. That's like the word. Um, I do wish I had cal- I had calmer children sometimes. Yeah, like cause I'll have my my friends come over who do have girls, and they're just you know petting, br- br- brushing Barbie's hair, 
and everybody's so calm and quiet. And I'm like, really? This is what you guys, this is your thing? But my friend Allie Wong, you guys know I'm from, from so Wong. But um, Allie comes over with her daughters and we all play. And um, <laughs> last time she was like, oh, she's like, girls. <laughs> I'm sure she won't mind me telling you this. She's like, girls, they are evil. She's like, my older daughter says stuff that makes me cry. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, what is that Louis C.K. bit? Like, boys do evil, girls are evil. Like, that's what I hear the difference is. Um, but I don't know. I don't know any different. I'm just used to the chaos. And I'm frankly, you know, I've always pictured myself being a boy mom. Though. Like, I used to watch Malcolm in the Middle with that mom who, you know, that mom, she was always screaming at that. Ah, and I was and I remember like 15 years ago being like that's that's me that's who I'm gonna be I don't even what do I do with a girl like I would mess her up so badly I feel like <laughs> she, you know she'd be like I want a Barbie and I'd be like no you don't Barbie's bad I can't do that you know what I mean but you can't do that I don't know here's another great um mom fail Hey, Jeans, I let my little girl slam into a tree while on a zip line in a friend's backyard while holding my beer. Okay, <laughs> sounds a little abusive. To be fair, I thought there was a stopper. Oh, right, so she was like, I thought that, that she would stop. <laughs> I gave my one-year-old a marker. Washable doesn't wash off the walls. Love, Chelsea. No S, man. Those BS markers, I'm t I know what she's talking about. The the washable markers, talk about false advertising. They don't come off your shelves. They don't come off your furniture. They don't come off nothing. Let me tell you what, it's a mom hack, bro. Um, it's called Easy Eraser, Magic Eraser, Magic Eraser. So um, a week or two ago, I come into our guest room and I have a little table, or like a car, it's fabric, it's a bench. And um, Ellis clearly had done it because it was in like perfect swirls of dark ink black ink and i and he covered it like just destroyed this furniture and i was like dude what like i don't even want to tell tom because it's gonna upset him so much and um i might i had a friend and she was there and she goes dude dude get the magic eraser get the magic eraser we were staying in a hotel with our kids and my kid markered up like hotel furniture and this stuff took care of it so what it is moms go to amazon uh using my banner <laughs> where my mom's at go where my mom's at go on the amazon banner click on it it's called the magic eraser and um it's like a sponge it just looks like a regular sponge yeah there it is mr clean magic eraser i'm telling you this thing is a godsend and it took two hours to scrub that ink off but i did and it was amazing it cleans up everything i don't know how they do it, it what's in it what do you think it's like mr clean's nuts not juices i don't know i don't know stupid it's so dumb it's a dumb thing to say i'm so tired magic erasers yeah i don't i don't no harsh chemicals added how how was it not it scraped ink off of a a cloth bench how was there no toxic chemicals it's, in, it's insanity look at that isn't it mr clean like the gayest man you ever see <laughs> My facialist, Tony, dresses and looks exactly like Mr. Clean. And he and his partner, they both wear the same outfits. They both look like gay Mr. Clean. Yeah. You'd think they'd update that, didn't you? think they'd give him a little different look. Because he's so homoerotic. You know? You'd think you'd make him, like, for today's mom. 
I don't know, Ryan Gosling. Who's who's the Mr. Clean of today? Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, what changes Go. would you do? Well, uh, that's a blatantly homosexual Like, like a more dad bod type deal? No. Well, maybe. So still as ripped as Mr. Clean, but just no. more hair? Yeah, you want like a hot dude. but he, why? Yeah, why is he bald? Like, why does the guy that cleans have to be bald and gay? Because of all the chemicals, probably. <laughs> Burn his hair off yeah. those follicles and his eyelashes and yeah. eyebrows are gone from the cancer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like to see, oh, maybe like a hot, obviously a hot Puerto Rican dude. He's like with gold chains. Ooh, what if what if it was like a rugged uh Latino, like what if it was like Danny Ooh. uh Danny Trejo? That's yeah! the guy, right? Machete. Machete. Yeah. He could sell anything. Clean homie. the shit out of your home. Yeah, or else, homie. Right? How do you say Mr. in Spanish? Uh, I can't I forget. Senor? Hey, senor, clean, homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude, that's what it is. I want it to be a cholo because, you know, I love my cholos. And he's like, hey, what's up, senor, clean, homie? He's like, I'll scrub the shit out of that thing, homes. Shit, your little homies messed up your house? <laughs> I got you, girl. And it's, no, it's called I got you. I got you. Why am I sitting like this? It feels good. This chair's awfully hard. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go for more. I love these mom pills. I got another one I wanted to tell you about. This one's great. This one. <laughs> I love this shit. Hey, Christina, my name is Gina, and I'm a huge fan of YMH and now a big fan of where my mom's at. Thank you, Gina. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm not poly or bi. I wanted to tell you about my pretty big mom fail, even though I'm not a mom yet. I'm a 29-year-old transgender woman who neglected to store any of my sperm in the sperm bank before I started taking hormone replacement therapy four years ago. And now I am completely sterile and cannot have biological children. I'm not too upset since I can still adopt. In hindsight, I think I really fucked up. Oh, well, keep your genes high and tight. Love, Gina. Yeah, I mean, this goes out to all the transgender listeners out there. You got to freeze your sperm in the sperm bank. No, but that's not bad advice for anybody. I think you should freeze your eggs, your sperms, everything when you're young and fresh and dewy like don't if you're planning on having kids later in life if you're under 35 dude just go freeze that stuff man it's expensive oh really because so is uh fertility treatments when you're 40 and trying to get pregnant at 40 so just go do it or at least if you're panicked about it go get um ultrasounds go get the test just let them tell you where you're at anyway i thought that was funny because at first she was like my pronouns or she, her, and I'm not poly. I was like, ha ha. And then she's like, I'm transgender. I'm like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. Okay. Um, this one's pretty awesome, too. This mom fail comes from, it says, I have a mom fail to share. She's writing from South Australia. I've been there. New South Wales. Okay. I recently had a mom fail. My local Aldi store. I don't know what Al, what's Aldi. I think it's like like a supermarket. Oh. Aldi's like a discount. A discount supermarket. So it's like they're like Walmart or something. Costco. Costco. Mm. Okay. Okay. It's a goodie. It's a goodie. Okay. My local Aldi store was having a massive baby flash sale, which included a selection of my favorite. Oh, she spelled favorite all foreign. F A V O U R I T. Don't you love when they spell stuff wrong? That's <laughs> so charming. <laughs> God. Well, talk American, Jack. Okay, so she wanted um, favorite baby brand clothing. 
As I had to take my five-month-old daughter with me, I was unable to jump in with the hordes of women trying to grab a bargain and was waiting semi-patiently for the group to die down when a randomly ra- a random elderly woman offered to watch my daughter while I grabbed some things. Without a second thought, I left my child with the stranger and pushed to the front of the group with the precision of a pro footballer and grabbed as much in my arms as I could. I returned to the woman, thanked her, and continued on with my shopping, only later realizing what I had actually done. No concept of stranger danger here. <laughs> Thanks. Tasha, maybe T-A-Y-S-C-H-A from South Australia. Uh, good one. That's a really good one. Because <laughs> I can totally relate. I totally relate. Because you know bitches go crazy when there's a sale. Like, that is a real thing. That is a real thing. But I will say, I always tell my kids, like, well, at least Ellis, because the other one's too young. I'll be like, if you're out in, and you're lost in public, always go to a lady. I think um, Leanne was talking about that too. Like, you can trust a woman, I think, right? Just don't give your baby to like a young, creepy guy. Like, well, what's an old lady going to do with your baby? She ain't going to steal your baby. She don't want your baby, right? Right? right yeah. I would trust an old lady. Yeah, old ladies are the best. Yeah. For the most part. We yeah. actually also have a, a, a voicemail that's also kind of in this lane. Okay, let's do it. Want to see if you have the same yeah. opinion on this or a different one. <laughs> okay. Hi. Uh, I have a funny story about before I was a mother. Um, I was living out of state at the time, and I moved to a state where marijuana was legal. And I had went to a dispensary to buy myself some weed. And while I was sitting in the lobby waiting on my turn to go back, a woman walked in with, like, a three-month-old baby and, like, a car, car seat carrier. <laughs> and she tried to go into the dispensary, and they said, ma'am, you can't bring your infant here. You know, it's 18 and older only. And she, you know, looked at me and was like, hey, I'll be really quick. Can you watch my daughter for a second? Ooh. And, you know, I'm, like, 22 and super sketchy looking at the time. <laughs> and I was like, uh yeah, I mean, I guess I I can watch her. So I watched this complete stranger's daughter in the lobby of a dispensary while she went and got a bag of weed. And it just blew my mind because, I mean, she didn't even ask my name or, you know, to hold my ID or, you know. But that was way before I had kids of my own, and I just could not believe it. Yeah, I know, right? See, like... Uh, that one's kind of a conundrum because, like, it's legal. She's not, mom's not doing anything illegal. And, like, she must have been a trustworthy 22-year-old. Like, uh, one time I was, so Ellis doesn't like to go peeing in the bathroom with me. Um, Like, if we're out in the mall and stuff, I'm sorry, the country club where we go every week. Uh, So what I, he won't come in the stall with me because he's afraid of an automatic flushing toilet. He doesn't like the sound. So I either have to hold it in the whole time that we're at the mall or like we were at CPK and I asked the the hostess girl because she looked normal. She was like, can you just watch my son while I pee really quickly? He's afraid of the toilet flushing. And she was like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, well, I know where to find her. You know what I mean? Like she works here. So I was, I trust her and I hurried so fast. But uh, I know it's tough. You got, mom's got to get her weed. You know what I mean? Wouldn't you say like speed weed? <laughs> Maybe do speed weed instead. Oh, like switch right? to a delivery? Yeah, like pay the extra $7 and then you don't have to take your kid out. That's what I would have done. There you go. That's smart. There you go, bros. All right, what's next, mommy? Hey, Christina. This huh? is Doug. 
Uh, this is a mommy fail from a daddy. When we had a six-week-old baby, me and my wife were going through the baby uh, exhaustion period where we hadn't slept for a very long time. And uh, we had a little bit of a mommy and daddy fail. Uh, we decided to go get coffee one morning and forgot that we owned a child and <laughs> left him in the vehicle. Luckily, everything was okay, and we came out about 10 minutes later with our coffee to realize that we still had a human being to take care of. Oh. It was a terrifying moment, but a funny one we look at now. Oh, my god! And he's two years old now, and he's happy and healthy. Take care. Bye. Well, he survived. He survived, but I will tell you, sir, Oprah did an episode... Um, this is the most horrifying episode of Oprah. I, this is like in the nineties before I even thought about having kids. She, oh, you know, how Oprah is always like, you have to slow down and be patient and meditate and blah, blah, blah. So she said that one time this lady was rushing and I mean, long story short, she went in and she got donuts. She had her baby in the back of the car. She was rushing to go to school because she worked at the school Anyways, it's a horrible story. It was like the middle of summer, and she went to work and left her baby in the car. And it was the middle of summer. What do you think happened? The baby didn't make it. And like that shit to this day fucking haunts me. That woman telling that story on Oprah. And every time I'm in the car with my children, especially those sleep deprived times, I remember being so jacked. And part, you know, part of me being like, oh, there's the babies, the babies, the babies are in here. And now there's a warning in my car that, that beeps. And it's like, you have somebody in the back of the car because of that very thing. But that is terrible. It's terrible. I hope your baby wasn't hysterically crying. It probably just fell asleep. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. All right, what else we got? Hi, Mommy Tina. This is Rebecca up in Boston. The other day I was driving with my um, three-and-a-half-year-old who was recently taken to taking showers with his dad. And out of nowhere, he said, Mommy, do you have balls behind your penis too? <laughs> and I reminded him, no, honey, remember, Mommy doesn't have a penis. And he replied, I know you have balls, Mommy. I saw them. I <laughs> know it. I know I saw your balls. <laughs> and I really had nothing to respond to him about that. <laughs> so now my three-and-a-half-year-old is convinced that I have a vagina and balls. Huh. So, you know, that's life with a three-year-old. Love you. Hmm. Bye. I love you. I wonder what he saw that he thinks are balls. Do, do you think he saw her naked and, and just saw, like, skin? Maybe he saw maybe he saw the boobs and he was like, those are kind of bally. I don't know. Kids are so funny. I don't know. The other day, Tom and I were laying on the couch with Ellis, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, Mommy, you have a big belly. And then to Dad, he was like, you have a humongous belly. <laughs> we're like, awesome. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Uh, and then the baby was ripping my face off yesterday. They don't, no one tells you that. But the babies are brutal, man. He scratched my face. He, he scratches me and then he laughs. Oh, they're just so evil. I was like putting him to sleep. It was a sweet moment. And he was like, yeah, scratching my face. Ugh! And then he goes, <laughs> they're so mean. They think it's so funny when you're like, ow, 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 it hurts. And then they pull my hair and that's what boys do. All right, what else we got, mommy? Hi, my name is Tamara. When my son was 20 months 
21 months old and my daughter was three weeks old. My husband was going to go back to work for the first time after she had been born. He walked into the bedroom and looking very serious said to me, I don't think I can leave today. I don't think you have enough sleep. You can't do this. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm fine. And he said, no, I just found the toaster in the refrigerator. I don't think I should leave. Oh, my God. Which prompted me to burst into tears and fall on the floor. Cut to three days later, he went back to work after I had composed myself and could handle being with a toddler and a newborn. Thank you for letting me share my mom fail. Poor lady. Girl, they don't mom fail. That's a mom survivor right there. That's a mom survivor. Good for you. Here's a photograph (laughs) of a child watching Love. Is it Love or Death? This is the movie Dr. Drew was talking about. I've never seen it. It's a Woody Allen movie. I haven't seen it either. (laughs) His son is watching Woody Allen on television. Love or Death. Yeah, I've never heard that one. Oh, look at him loving Woody Allen. I love Woody Allen. I used to like him before he married his daughter. I thought he was a pretty cool dude. (laughs) I, don't, I love how people are just like, that didn't happen. What? I mean, that was his adopted da- daughter. And now he's married to her. That's normal. And he's also one of these overachieving guys. He makes a movie a year. And you're like, that can't be. I'm not. They can't all be winners. But he made a lot of good movies. He's a pretty funny dude. I like this one, too. This one's a good clip. What's it called? You yeah. <laughs> One more time. Unicorn. <laughs> She's trying to say unicorn. <laughs> Man, that is the best part of having little kids, isn't it? Say, yeah, play it again. I like it. One more time. Unicorn. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh, I love these. Send me more clips of your kids um, saying words incorrectly. I love it. I love that. Yeah, you could stuff. send you could send us clips to where my mom's at at gmail dot com. Or you could call us and leave a voicemail at 213-375-5184. Thank you, Native. Also, too, if you have video of your mom fails, I'd like to see them. Like, I would love to see the room that's covered in brown. Or like the, you know what I'm saying? Like, send, if you if you happen to catch the glory on video, why not share it with me and share it with the world? And just know that, yes, I will probably share it with the world because we need to see each other's, the truth, the ugly truth. So, okay, good. Uh, coming up next, I have a call with Lauren set up. Um, so she emailed me saying that she leaves her kiddos with her family members and they don't change the baby's diaper. So I just had to kind of, follow-up questions. I just want to see if her diaper needs are a little cray-cray or if they're reasonable. Hello? Hi, Lauren. Hi, I'm so excited I get to talk to you. Oh, I'm so excited I get to talk to you. <laughs> what are you doing? What's let going me, on? Um, what let are you me doing? turn off this really loud baby shark video. First, oh, my favorite. Baby yeah. Shark doo doo. Is it the Trap remix? That one's no. My that's favorite. the one I like. But Baby Shark. She gets disappointed. <laughs> Baby Shark. She wants to see like the cartoon and everything. Wow. Are you on? Is it you watch it on like YouTube? Yeah, we have like a smart TV, so we just 
play YouTube on the television. Smart. I like that. I'm surprised yeah. you, you allow this to happen. Are you, um, what else is she into? Two and a half year old, is that right? No, no. she turned a year July 3rd. Oh, so congratulations. She's just, yeah, she's just now becoming a toddler, you know, oh, getting teeth and it's the best. growing up. It makes me sad. I know. And, and you have another kiddo, right? No, I just oh. have one kid. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, you... No, I just yeah. uh, have a lot of friends that had kids way before me. So it was like before I had my kid, I had like plenty of experience with my friend's kids. Oh, <laughs> Which yeah. I'm really thankful for because it really, you know, kind of helped prepare me for a lot of things, I guess. Yeah, I was told I had no friends with children, so I'm totally unprepared. Because all my friends are losers, derelicts, weirdos. <laughs> well, we're all old. Right. <laughs> So you... Well, uh, actually... Yeah, yeah, Mom, go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, well, actually, I don't hang out with a lot of those people anymore because once I had my kid, I realized how much I didn't like how they treated their kids. Oh. Well, that's so good. So I've then. really... Yeah, I've really cut a lot of emotional ties with people that they're just not doing right by their kids and I don't want to be around. Like what? You know? Were they... <clears throat> like what? Heroin? Were um, they doing drugs? <laughs> no. No, not like drugs, but... Oh. Just, like, just not nice things. I mean, I don't want to say neglect because that's, like, you know. But, like, one of my kids had a baby, and he's, like, three now, right? And he just started calling his mom mom. Oh, dear. And until this point, he's called her tit. He's and called her just, what? Like, like, tit, like, titty. Oh, like, no. Like, she breastfed him? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and she led that? My daughter. Yeah, and my daughter called me mom before her kid called her mom, and it oh was like, "Oh my god, where do you live? Where, where are you people. calling me from?" Oh, I live in Ohio. Oh, uh, I live in like southeastern Ohio. Okay, I love Ohio. My favorite. Um, yeah. yeah, probably best for you not to. You know, I, it's funny because I have a, I have a real sense of humor, obviously, about parenting and stuff, but I, I right. also think there's a, a line for like abusive things. Like, I don't right. think calling There's a line where you're like, yeah. oh, my God, <laughs> yeah, like calling your mom tit is probably uh, not good. Like, I have a friend. She showed me it. She's like, ha, look at this funny video. And um, it was her her four year old and her like seven year old watching a video. And then in, in that video was spliced in like a ghost screaming. So it terrified her children, essentially. Oh and she was God. like, ha, ha, ha. I'm an adult and I hate those things. Yeah. And I'm like, she's <laughs> like, isn't that funny? Ha, ha, ha. We got them back. And I'm like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. I don't think this is yeah, cool. Yeah, that's pretty mean. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't what you're trying to get back at them for being kids and being annoying. Like, any right. hoodles. So get you back at them for being bored. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Like this, you know, I hope people don't take this podcast to be like revenge on your kid. The whole thing is that, you know, your kids trigger stuff in you. It's not, they're just being them. Right. It's your well, business. With my kid, it's like, I finally got to do everything that my parents like didn't do with me that I wanted. You know yeah, what I mean? It's great. And it's like, it makes me feel so good. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, doing right. Like, yeah. And I mean, Having, like, not the best parents at times really, like, prepares you to be a better parent in the future. Oh, my God. It's, it's the like, best. Because it's like, well, I can't do this. I won't do that. Like, this is messed up. <laughs> you know? Of course. My kid's so. getting ready to switch into a new preschool room on Friday. And I am I got him a new haircut. Aww. We got, like, some new clothes. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm so pumped for room five. <laughs> like, I'm, like awesome. I'm more pumped than he is. Yeah. Like, my parents couldn't give a fuck about what was going on. 
uh, in my life. Yeah. So I'm just so my stoked to do anything. Really like they were like controlling to the point where it's like, whoa, like please, like you're crushing my spirit. <laughs> oh, they're were they like, like religious that. or something? No, um, my grandmother is really religious, but um, my parents weren't. But you know, it was like I bring home a 98. Ooh. Like a grade, like a ninety-eight grade, and they'd be like, "Why isn't a hundred? Like, whoa, bring me a hundred, so, and I'll praise you for it." You know? So wait a minute, are these the people? Because you wrote in an email to me, and this, this is why I'm calling you. You are these the people watching your kid right now? Your your form of childcare? No, uh, my husband's watching her right now. <laughs> oh no, I mean, but didn't you write me about a diaper changing thing? Yeah, like, and it's not just like my side; it's like my husband's side too. Like they're always like let me watch the baby, let me watch the baby. And then they'll watch the baby and, like, you know, I will be like, hey, did you change her at all? And they'll be like, oh, I forgot. Or, no, I guess I didn't. And Like, the the last draw for me was we went and saw a movie and my mother-in-law watched her and, you know, we come home from the movie and she just, like, hands her to us, like, here you go, she's wet. And she, like, peed through her clothes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah, not good. Like, I, yeah, I was like, I do not believe that that just happened when I walked through the door. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially but, if you're going to offer, like, if you're going to volunteer to take care of my kid, then change their diaper, dummy. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, do, uh, I'm not working anymore. I quit my job because it just was ridiculous. They were making me drive, like, an hour for two-hour shifts. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, this isn't working. Like, I'm sorry, I can't afford to work to be poor, you know? Yeah. So I quit that job, and now I'm just, like, doing, like, yard work for my mother and my mm -hmm. grandmother, who, mm -hmm. like, live next door to each other. Because when my father was alive, he always, like, did that stuff, you know, like the yard work and, you know, all that stuff. So now that he's not around, they've been paying me to do it. So I do the work, and they watch my kid while I'm there. While you work? Like, yeah, like, oh. in the yard, and they'll be like, hey, can you come in and change her or you know she really wants you right now and i'm like covered and you know like bleach or manure or something and yeah. it's like yeah you're like tough it's shit. like it's not really a good time for me to come in and change her like isn't that what you're doing well here's the deal man is that you get what you pay for and it sounds like because right. it doesn't sound like you're being i wanted to call you and ask you just to make sure you weren't being like an unreasonable diaper changing parent um, but it sounds right, like you're no. very reasonable in terms of like if she's soaked through, then a dur. They're they're not really taking care of her. It sounds like, so right, yeah, they're you, just like watching her be cute. Yeah, and like thinking that's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, because you're not paying somebody, yeah, you can't say you know what you can suggest. It have you said it to them like, hey, dudes, has anyone thought to change her before she gets soaked through? Right. And yeah, and I mentioned that and like they think I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, look at her, like thinking like baby needs changed every five minutes or whatever. So they plus <laughs> with my mother-in-law, she had like what? a boy. Okay. So it makes me think like because she never had a girl, like she thinks it's, you know, what? Cause, right. Because like, boys, I mean, you can go I don't longer. Boys, but yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it's a whole different system yeah. down yeah. there for yeah. each of them. So. The plumbing, the plumbing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, right. I think here, because this is your, you know, your your family, and they don't get it, either you can try to talk to them in a very meaningful way, because you said you mentioned right. it, but if you were like, uh, I can't do yard work for you, 
unless you change her and i would give them a schedule like a like a timer (laughs) put like a timer idea put a timer watch on your baby (laughs) that goes off like a sonic screech and you know what i mean like i don't know shit right that's all i can think of because otherwise you can't really say a damn thing because they're your family yeah that's why i'm telling the best help is the paid for it that's why i have i have i know people think i'm bougie we have a nanny yeah well uh yeah that sounds awesome because (laughs) but the reason being i don't have a family member not one goddamn person and if they were near me i wouldn't let them near my kids in the first place they're all nutbags my family so you have to hire somebody that you can yell at that's that's why you hire somebody so you can scream at them i don't scream at my (laughs) but but so you can yeah last time i i got really mad because instead of doing yard work like my grandma wanted me to like clean her windows real good and like get the blinds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause she has like a sunroom where there's like 10 windows in there and she wanted me, you know, to like bleach them real good and scrub down and everything. And then at one point she's like, Hey, can I bring her in there with you and just no. like set up the pack and play? Yeah. I was like, no dude, like my throat hurts from this. Like, like do not bring her in here. And then she like got an attitude because my husband smoked cigarettes and she's like, yeah, you'll let her around people that smoke cigarettes but god forbid like we get her near the cleaning chemicals yeah like, i have to you say yourself? lauren <laughs> I, I i hate to break it to you i think you have a shitty family <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I don't think you should leave your kids around these assholes uh it sounds yeah, like you, I'm... you're a lovely person you sound like a hard worker and, you, and you're lovely so find different people to care for her because i, I don't like them i don't like them already shit i don't even met them yeah and like the la- like I said, the last time I went, the bleach incident happened, oh, and I like fuck. really tripped out. I was like, "What the fuck are you thinking? Like, no, do you no, realize no. how fucking stupid no. you sound?" Stupid bitch. And then of course my grandma is like, "Oh, like you're so mean to me." And it's like, "Well, <laughs> okay. I want my kid to be okay." Like- no, no. D- ditch them, Lauren. Fuck them. Don't forget it. Disinvite them to Christmas. It's done. You're done. You're done with these a holes. All right. Oh my gosh, I try to do like a holiday at my house this year. Because, like, you know, I have a baby now, and I yeah. wanted to do Thanksgiving here. Because, like, you know, it's scary taking your kid on the road, like, on a holiday weekend, you know, especially when they're little. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like, let's, because I just moved into a new house. We got it about two years ago, and we're still trying to put everything where we want it. It's an older house, so we've been, like, taking up carpet, you know, repainting things. And I'm really proud of my house. I've been putting a lot of work into it, you know. And I was like, yeah, why don't we just do Thanksgiving at my house? My family and my husband's family just all come here. And both of the, my family and his family are like, why don't you do Easter, honey? Oh, boy. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about all Easter. Right. Like, I want to do Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to dump these people. All right, Lauren. Forget it. Forget it. These are not right. nice family. You have a shitty family. I'm sorry. God did not bless you with nice people to be related to. Find find right? find nice Same. people. Like... No, there's no reason. Like, listen, I'm the biggest advocate of choosing the people you hang out. Just because people are related to you doesn't mean they're any good. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. So right. next holiday, you goddamn do what you want to do and forget them. Forget these losers. All right, Lauren? Yeah. All right, I'm listen. I'm with it. Like, it's... It's like I can't talk any sentence to them. No, they're but. they're idiots. They suck, Lauren. All right, I love you. Thank you for listening to my show, um, and I hope that you find better people to watch your kid. Great, thank you so much. <laughs> it was so nice to talk to you. My Thanks, husband Lauren. and I like love you and Tom, and thank oh, you guys good. are just the funniest. Thank you, I appreciate it. Tell your husband I said what's up. I will. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Bye, sweetie. Uh huh. <laughs> Poor woman.
All right, let's take a break to thank our sponsors for where my mom's at. Uh, you know, my dog's health and well-being are too important to worry about feeding her some highly processed burnt brown kibble. That's why I've made the switch to the farmer's dog. It is real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. I love it. We uh, Bitsy has special dietary needs. She is a Brussels Griffon, a little uh, 14 pounder, um, and she's got little tummy troubles. And with the farmer's dog, it's so great. Uh, I can customize her food and they send it right to you. Um, the, the farmer's dog is simple recipes made for dogs using human grade meat and veggies in human friendly pre-portioned packaging. All you do is open and pour and you get quality um, and peace of mind. It's fresh, wholesome ingredients, gently cooked to meet USDA standards using vet designed recipes. The farmer's dog makes it easy to do what's best for your dog. And I love it. I trust farmer's dog because I can actually see what's in the food that I feed Bitsy from them. It's just fantastic. A fresh diet of fresh food is linked to a wealth of health benefits like a smoother coat, clearer skin, regulated weight, better poops, fresher breath, and more balanced energy levels. And is also a great option for dogs dealing with a range of specific health issues like our little Bitsy with her sensitive tummy. And so far we've been feeding her a farmer's dog and it's helped her little tum-tum so much. I highly recommend it. The farmer's dog is a smarter, healthier option, making it as simple as possible to give your dog a better diet. Start your trial today. Go to farmersdog.com, sorry, thefarmersdog.com slash WMMA and you'll save 50% and get free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash WMMA for 50% off your trial with free shipping. Thefarmersdog.com slash WMMA. Check it out. It really is superior food. Dog food. All right. Where my mom's at is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh. Uh, they are home-cooked meals made simple. Say goodbye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food. HelloFresh has you covered. I love HelloFresh. We get the box sent to the door, which is the best because who wants to go to the grocery store every other day because we have so many mouths to feed. And it's great that you get step-by-step -step recipes, uh, pre-measured ingredients, and you'll have everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. I love making these recipes with my family. You get uh, Ellis, our older boy, helps and Tom helps and we all all do it together um, and what I like too is you can break out of your dinner rut with 20 seasonal chef curated recipes each week because let's be real all I'm doing is making the same stuff over and over again um, HelloFresh is flexible and fits your lifestyle you can add extra meals to your weekly order as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough oh I love that you can change your delivery days your food preferences or just skip a week whenever you need um, so check it out for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WMMA80. That's the number 80 and enter WMMA80. That's like receiving eight free meals. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash WMMA, the number eight, the number zero and enter WMMA80. Thank you. HelloFresh. Fantastic. Oh, 
what are you doing spending full price on designer stuff, man? Uh, you got to own your iconic luxury items at unreal values with the real real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury from top designers. I'm talking Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. Why are you paying full price? Go to the real real. They got a team of experts. Uh, they authenticate every single item. The Real Real employs over 100 brand authenticators, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is 100% authentic. So you're not getting any knockoffs. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion, as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. Shop online or visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their newest location at 870 Madison Avenue in New York. You may also visit one of their luxury consignment offices in Chicago, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. In-store new customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. I love the real real. There's no reason to pay full price uh, for luxury items. It's just silly. And what I love is you can shop online. Why not? It's a win-win. Shop in-store, online, or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's therealreal.com, promo code REAL for 20% off select items. Thank you, Real Real. And, oh, I can't thank this company enough. Michelin, Michelin, Michelin. Why are you messing around and getting anything but Michelin tires on your car? Because fellow parents, this has happened to all of us. At some point, you're driving in the car, the kids are arguing, you turn around for a split second to break it up. When you look back at the road and suddenly there's, there's a car inches away from your front bumper, you slam on your brakes hoping to stop in time. And that's why you want tires that perform well with every stop. And that's where Michelin comes in because stopping safely consistently matters. The average family will stop and often emergency stop some 20,000 times per year. Michelin, unlike other brands, builds their tires to perform every time across every diaper run, pickup, drop off and road trip. When worn Michelin premier all season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. Michelin is the world's leading tire manufacturer. They are dedicated to enabling mobility and safety safety for all parents driving around with their loved ones in the back seat. Michelin has a rich 125-year global history and an unwavering dedication to provide products and services that make driving around with your family safer, more efficient, and eco-friendly. So the next time you're looking for new tires for the family car, please consider Michelin Premier All-Season Tires. Michelin, performance every time. All right, and now back to the show. Um, now, let's do what would Christina P. do? You got mom questions? CP's got mom answers. What would Christina P. do? Mm-hmm. I love how official that is. Here we go. I love this one. I love this. Thank you so much for submitting this next question. This is from Jackie, I think, or JC. J-A-C-I. She writes, I'm a new mom and have a 10-month-old. I have a very outgoing personality but feel awkward talking to other parents on the playground. Do you have any suggestions on avoiding the awkwardness or other questions other than how old is your kid, et cetera? Why is such, why is this such a weird, awkward situation? Jackie. Yeah, I have the same freaking problem. I'll tell you because uh, I, like, I really 
what I really want to do, <laughs> I want to bring like a six pack to the playground with me. And like whatever mom is there who's like, what's up, girl? Give me one of those. I'll be like, we're going to be BFFs, at BFFs, you know? Because um, here's the deal, man. When you have kids, the assumption is, at least my assumption was, we're all in this cool club now, right? Like all the other moms, we've all been through the, the same, um, we've all been through the same war, the same battles, right? We've all had the pregnancy experience. We've done the battle of birth and the battle of the newborn. And now we're all here and we should all be cool AF because of that experience, right? They're not, they're not cool. They're not all cool. And I don't understand why you're, and like nobody talks about it. And they all act like whatever's happening is normal. And it's like, dude, they're not. They're not. Um, so what I like to do, here's how I, because here's the deal. Parent life, moms, it's just like high school. Like there were some cool people. There were some not so fun people. There were nerds. There were overachievers. There were goths. There were, you know, heshers. There were cholos. There's just different factions of mom life. It's just like, it's like the playground, bro. So Here's what I like to do. I like to throw out an observation. And if they're lame and they don't like pick up the baton and run, I'm like, all right, this person's a nerd. So for instance, like if someone looks super tired and I'm super tired, I'll be like, oh, uh, I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this right now. Like, oh, for instance, you're probably at the playground, right? It's probably like Sunday morning and you're exhausted. And you should you should just voice it to the other parent. Be like, oh, dude, I'm so tired, right? How many kids you got? What are you doing? What, what you got? What are you working with? And then they'll tell you, be like, did you have to go to like a lesson today? What'd you do? Like ask somebody what they did today. That's what I like to do. I think it's fun because most parents want to talk because we're so isolated. We're so at home. Um, I try not to talk about the, I, I like to get the demo, like what's the age? What, what, uh, yeah, what's it doing? Good, good. Siblings? Yeah, no, yeah. And then um, it is so tough. It is so tough. Oh, you know what I like to talk about? Um, fun, boring things that I like to do in the neighborhood. Be like, yo, uh, what do you what do you guys do for fun? We like to go to Trader Joe's, and uh, I like to I like to buy apricots. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you share your fun, dumb kid things because really, you don't do a lot when you have small. At least I don't do a lot with small kids. Um, I like to share locations in the hood. You know, oh, have you been to the, there's that indoor gym at the, but, but, but. yeah, yeah, I've done that one too. Oh, that's great. But have you gone to the kids museum and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that one's amazing too. And that way you're talking about kids stuff to do. I like that. One time there was a mom, I just met a cool mom outside of my kid's school. Like she was just dressed kind of cool. And um, her kid was crying. And I looked at her because she was saying goodbye and the kid was crying and I just looked at her and I was like, oh, dude, brutal, brutal. I know. I'm so sorry. And she was like, I know. I know. He's got a twin brother. I've got two of them. And I was like, God damn. And I literally I looked at her gear and I was like, you're cool. I like your whole thing right here, bro. I like you. And then she looked at me and she was like, yep, I like you too. What's your name? What's your name? I, that's exactly how it went. We were like, yep, I got you. You're, you're dope. You know, you can usually smell your own kind of mom out in the forest. So now we're bros. Like she's, uh, I see her around. I said, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, anyway long story short, you just got to throw out your weirdness. The problem with what you're doing, you're trying to not make it weird and awkward. You have to embrace the awkwardness, not give an F, and just let it ride. It is awkward, but, it, but so many people are shy. But once you talk to them, they want to talk to you. But you're outgoing, so just be you, bro. Be you. If we were on the same playground together, I'd love it. I'd be like, Jackie, she knows what's up. Let's talk. 
Okay, I just watched episode two with your doula, Mitzi Sanchez. I love Mitzi Sanchez. I wanted to know what you did to transition your three-year-old from a crib to a toddler bed. Was that an issue? Was it an easy transition? Any advice? Hilarious, because I have not transitioned my three-year-old uh, to a toddler bed. <laughs> that fool is in his crib uh, because the doctor said, keep him in the crib as long as you possibly can. And he loves it so far. I don't see any issue. Um, What's the reason for that? To transition them. A lot of times when people have a second child, they want to give the crib that the toddler is sleeping in to the new baby. And then they will uh, trans- and then they will transition the older child into a brand new toddler bed. So basically it's like a smaller version of a people's bed, right? It's got like one bar that's lower. So we can put that lower bar on. We'd, he does, is it technically a toddler bed that we just haven't made into a toddler bed. So at what age do yeah. you transition from crib to bed? Crib to bed. I, that's the thing. I mean, I guess three, three, three and a half, four by four. I'm assuming the transition should be complete. However, I don't like the idea of my my son being able to just get up and wander because he's a maniac. And like, what? Why, why are we letting him do anything? Um, so I don't know. But I thought, yeah, anyway, uh, uh, I don't know. We still have a transition to ass, but uh, maybe Mitzi can answer. Are you asking me? I thought you were asking me how you get the, um, no, never mind. Okay, next. next. Okay, I'm going to go on. Dear Mommy, I recently joined TikTok. Congratulations. I'm so glad you joined the TikTok Nation. I am at the Water Champ on TikTok. You go ahead and follow me. I do a lot of original content now. I'm really into the TikTok game. It's very strong. I'm making a lot of stuff. I also curate. That's on Instagram. That's on my stories. And that's at the Christina P. Okay. Uh, TikTok, partly for the reasons you and Tom have turned me on to, the pure joy and entertainment watching our TikTok friends, and partly because my 12-year-old daughter has an account and I want to be able to see what she's doing 90% of her day. I have yet to partake or really begin any activity. What advice can you give so that my feed will be filled with a wonderful por- portfolio of work that is yours? Yeah, I'm sure there is a trick. Even my daughter wanted to go to mine because uh, my For You page has different stuff than hers. Please invoke your mommy wisdom so I can be a cool mom. I do not want mine filled with Fortnite videos like hers. Keep it high and tight. Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. I agree. So here's my secret. I'll tell you right now what you want to do. You want to really guard your algorithm. So they're going to suggest attractive, normal people for you to heart. And like, don't like attractive or normal people. You may watch it and then keep it moving. Don't heart it and certainly don't follow them. That's the rule. I don't even have attractive normal people on my feed because I've trained the app to only give me weirdos and derelicts and masturbators and scumbags. So, um, and now I've got this weird new lane of elderly people on TikTok, which is really fun. I can't wait to share with you guys that one. Yeah, just basically guard that algorithm. You know, be careful of what you like because it picks up on it real fast. Okay. Um, I did this. This is too heavy. Oh, this is, wait, hold on. Talking about, oh, this one I like. Okay. Yeah, okay, so Dear Mommy Christina, I heard a while back you and Allison Rosen, who's going to be coming on the show eventually, talking about her doctor shopping in terms of knowing up front what kind of schedule they adhere to when it comes to administering the epidural. Uh, like some doctors wait till the 11th hour to give it to you and others are more flexible. Does this ring a bell? Yeah, God, I hope so. Hoping with this pregnancy and motherhood stuff, I can try it out soon 
and dying to recall what you said to mention to the doctors when I'm consulting with them about pain management. Keep them high and tight, Lauren. Lauren, yeah, everything. Is it fucking, listen, for those of us who do epidural, I know a lot of you do natural and that's amazing and kudos, but for those of us who want to do epidural, you got to do it the first time you meet that doctor. You say, when do you give the drugs? When do you give the drugs? It's a very, when do you give it to me? I had a train, I had my doctor trained on a mantra. I'm not even, this is not even a joke. My husband would make fun of me. I say to my doctor, when do you give me the drugs? And his response was, whenever you want. And we, and I would drill him and I would go in and buy like the ninth month. When, when do I get the drugs? Whenever you want. Great. That's the answer you want to hear. Okay. Ask because a lot of doctors have different policies. Some will make you dilate, dilate, dilate to a certain number and then give it to you. Now, they do want to make sure that you're f far enough along with your contractions because the epidural, I think, can slow down, in which case you're going to be comfortable with Pitocin because they're going to give you drugs to keep those contractions going. But they want to make sure you're actually in labor before they give you the epidural. So there is a reasonable amount of time. That's what he would tell me to. Um, also, ask, where's the anesthesiologist? Okay, ask at your hospital, where is that guy or girl? Where is he located? Meaning, if I'm in labor and I'm in pain and I'm ready for that epidural now, sometimes they have to go call the anesthesiologist and he's two hours away. And by the time that guy makes it to you, it's, you're in two hours of suffering already. So ask, where is this guy? My guy lived in a room at the hospital, literally was on call in a closet, like a broom closet. They showed me, I made, I go, let me see it. Where is it? And he sleeps there. He's on shifts, right? The anesthesiologist. So, hey, where's my patrol? 15 minutes, he's coming. So ask, ask, ask. Also, ask for the nice room in the hospital. Believe it or not, sometimes your insurance will cover an upgrade. I called mine the Four Seasons Suite. I said to my doctor, too, when do I get the patrol? Whenever you want. And... I want the Four Seasons suite, which is just like an upgrade. It's like the same shit as everyone else's, except they had like two beds in it or something. So my husband could sleep. Ask for that stuff up front so you're not caught in pain for hours needlessly. Okie dokie. Oh, hold on. Oh, this is a great question. I've been wanting to ask this forever. Um, hey, Christina. Um, my sister's very pregnant with her second child, and I want to give her a gift to make the days after giving birth less awful. I'm buying my nephew a gift to hopefully help with any feelings of being left out when his sister arrives too. But what do you think would be a nice, hey, I know you get zero sleep and your life kind of sucks right now. Here's something to help gift for an exhausted mom. She likes yoga and organic local, blah, blah. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Yes, bring a gift for the other child. Very smart. I like your, I like your intuition, Kay. However, the new mom doesn't need a lotion Oh, she needs alcohol, maybe a bottle of wine. But other than that, she doesn't need any organic yoga, nothing. Don't do, don't waste your money. You know what she needs? A home-cooked meal. Bring her her favorite meal that she doesn't have to cook, that you've made with love and care. A hot meal. Clean her house for her so she doesn't have to think of that. Um, go over there and take that baby, the newborn, from her for an, a few hours so she can get some sleep. Those are the things I think that mean the most to a woman when she's just had a baby. Clean the house, bring food, or take the baby from her for a few hours if she trusts you to do so. Um, I don't know if you're a boy or a girl. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I say. This one's my favorite. <laughs> we didn't do this uh, poly parenting, did we, last time? The doc I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we just read it and talked about it between us. Okay, this person writes, Hi, Christine, I'm a big fan um, of both you and Tommy, Jeans for Life. Thank you. 
I know I would regret not saying this email. Okay. Anyways, I'm a 30-year-old male that lives in Utah. And um, about seven months ago, I impregnated a woman who is married in an open relationship. It's been an interesting seven months. No kidding. My question for you, if you have any advice on the matter is, do you think it's possible to raise a baby with the three-person co-parenting situation? If so, how do you do it successfully? The baby is due a month from when your podcast comes out. Any advice would be greatly appreciated from Christopher. Christopher, how the fuck would I know how to raise a baby in a three-person polyamorous co-parenting situation? Who are, who do you think I am? I just make fun of these people. I don't fucking know. I don't know, but it sounds like your life is so complicated. Your life is too complicated, my love. Christopher, I love you, but God damn, this gives me so much stress. (laughs) Is it possible to raise a bit with a three-person co-parenting? I don't fucking know. Listen, all I know, here's on, on the real though. I don't know. I imagine it's probably pretty confusing to a small person to be like hey mom and dad are swingers or whatever you guys are and dad knocked up bombs for i don't fucking even know who impregnated whom i will say uh google for meetups what are you talking about native well you know i'm sure that there's other people that are poly and yeah that that are in a poly co-parenting situation you know there's probably not you know breaking ground with this there's probably other people that you could talk to like how do you do it that's true and also you're in utah which is po- 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 not polyamory but polygamy is a deal and i know i heard i listen i talked to some mormons they told me the deets they said that it was because back in the day the mormon men were being executed persecuted and so they would they would wife up a lot of bitches to help care for the kids i don't know the point being um i don't think it's terrible that a, a baby has more than one two people loving them is that is that a crime now, explaining your pervy, weird love life, that's another thing. I don't know. Yo, I was going to tell you, so I had a friend actually from college. They were together for like 20 years, and they they had three kids already. Then they started doing this polyamory stuff, and the husband impregnated one of the girls that they were messing around with, and of course, now everybody's divorced, and he's got a second family. It's like, it, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? What are you what are you doing with your it's too much. It's too much. Use birth control. Enough. Who's got time for all these families? Get the f out of here with this nonsense. All right, here we go. I have this one's great too. I love this question. Uh Christina, longtime fan, first time mommy to be. I was wondering if from this point on my browns will ever be the same. I can't seem to find a balance between diarrhea and constipation. I've heard stories that just convinced me that after birth it will remain. Also, my biggest fear and eye-opener is that this little uh, shit growing inside of me, baby, not fecal, will grow up and be my age one day. It will be a grown human with thoughts. Totally ready for that. Much love to you and your family, Morgan. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? You know what's so weird? Um, I forget. Is it Nikki Glaser that has that joke? She's like, oh, look at my little baby. My little baby, you know, Stephen is one day just going to be like, yeah, there's Stephen, like with a hairy chest and hairy nuts and like smelly ass. Like he's just going to be a dude one day. I think about it a lot. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are just going to be gross dudes like everyone else. Um, Well, your brown. Yeah, I think your browns should go back to normal. I mean, it sounds like you have IBS because you're going from diarrhea to constipation. I don't, I don't know. I don't. My brown's got normal pr- 
pretty soon. I mean, I did have a episiotomy, so like I couldn't hold my browns very long. But after that's gone now. That's normal. Um, my my browns went back to normal, so I don't know what to tell you, girl. But yeah, your progesterone I think makes you constipated. So I know. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Drew has uh, yeah? gotten questions like this before. And oh yeah. He's always said like uh, to 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 go, uh, you know, do probiotics. Oh yeah. You know, get a bulking agent. Fiber. Metamucil. Drink your Metamucil. That stuff works. However, be careful about the timing of the Metamucil because it works, what, like six to eight hours later. So don't take it like late afternoon because you're going to be up taking a deuce at like midnight, bro. So you may want to drink that Metamucil like first thing in the morning so that you're browning in the afternoon. Just be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Do you take that, Native? You do that? Uh, I used to. Like, uh, I I think I just remember uh, like Drew said that there were like five things that you could do, but you definitely shouldn't do all of it. (laughs) Cause then you know, you'll have yeah you'll have a real <laughs> real brown time. Oh, you'll um, do But that. I think he said like do like two or three things. So, like some psyllium husk. I think he recommended and uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, I wonder if we, were, Ooh, we have a we have a voicemail. Oh yeah, uh, let's do well. it. Let's do it. Hey, mommy. I think I might have a mom fail after listening to your mom's house podcast because you were talking about being concerned about what you listen to on the radio. My daughter's going to be almost seven months old now. I have yet to like turn on a cartoon or like stop listening to your mom's house or like totally inappropriate comedians. And just my husband watches like we came home and the first thing he put on the TV after coming home from the hospital was like, terrible like war crime stories uh, he might be a sociopath like tom but they all are i when should i stop when does she start at i'm i guess i never thought about when i change it to cartoons and so what we want to watch but no. thanks so much keep them high and tight all right here's my rule and thank you for submitting generally i listen to howard um until until about they're ready i'd say until about talking age when they start spitting out words i stop listening to stern in front of them um like right now with juju i listen to stern <laughs> he doesn't know what the fuck however uh ellis no way like ellis cannot be listening to howard um but uh oh violence i never i never play violence in front of them even at like infant infant age because i do feel like that is traumatic like just that's traumatic however like a an f-bomb or a dirty joke i don't think that's gonna scar but um we had katie katie morton on the show or she will be on the show i'm not sure where we are um she says by the time they talk is the time to kind of taper that off um yeah there you go there you go good for you i love this little boy hey mommy so my name is lauren um i'm originally from alexandria virginia um, I'm 18 years old, by the way. I recently moved to Sacramento, California for the summer before I start college, but I have no friends currently, and I just sit at home and watch videos all day on YouTube and like, Netflix and Hulu, so I need some advice on how to make friends. Aww. I'm a skilled mommy, so super excited to see you in Oregon. Keep making great content. Love you. Bye. I love this girl. I love this little girl. My little millennials. I do love you guys so much. I love my millennials. Let me preface that. Now, uh, Gen X, that's me, my generation, destroyed you guys on some levels. And I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, we did this, millennials. When I did that, Steve Bro, I would get so many emails asking me, how do I make friends? I'm afraid to make friends. I have social anxiety. This is a direct result of the overcoddling, the overparenting that my generation did to you, okay? There you go. We didn't put you into enough uncomfortable situations to where you had to make friends and become resilient and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you're asking me about college, right? That's what that was her question. I'm just making sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like how to make new friends in oh, a new place. Bro. Okay. First of all, congratulations on going to college. I love college. I endorse higher education. I know the, co the cost is ridiculously astronomical right now. If you can afford to go, go 100%. Here's what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Uh, back in my day, it was a six pack of Zima. I don't know what the kids are drinking. <laughs> what are the kids drinking now, Nadav? What's the cool drink? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Potter says White Claws. White Claws. Like seltzer with booze in it. Bruh, bruh. Okay, here's what you're going to do, homie. Um, you're going to drink one of those. You're going to be in your dorm, your dorm room, right? And eventually, you guys are going to have to eat. You're going to have to go to your cafeteria. You're going to meet people in your dorms. You're going to meet people in the CAF. Um, offer them a drink. Offer them some weed. That's legal. I'm serious. That's how I met all my friends in college. My, one of my closest friends, Sarah, Bone, Sarah Burns, now a very famous actress, Sarah Burns. I remember I met her like first day of school, and we were smoking cigarettes. Back then, we smoked cigarettes. And I walked up to her. She was smoking, and I was like, can I have a light? That's how I used to meet people in the 90s. You go, can I have a light? <laughs> Or I'd be like, do you want a Zima? And that's how you met people. You bum cigarettes or you would ask for a light. And then I remember she had on like a cool pair of um, denim overalls because back in the day, everyone had on their denim overalls. And I was like, cool overalls. And she was like, I like your shirt. It was like a Bauhaus shirt. And we were like, cool. And that's how we started talking. Hey, did you, have you had dinner yet? No? Oh, let's go to the cafeteria. I hope you're living on campus. That is everything. Sorry, I should back that ass up. If you're living on campus, meeting new people will be very, very easy for you. You're going to make friends with your roommate, most likely. That bitch is going to know someone down the hall who's got weed. Or that, that she's going to know someone who's got a party. And then you're just going to meet people through people. So try not to stress too much. You know what you can talk about when you meet somebody? Podcasts. Meet somebody, maybe the person's wearing a shirt of, you know, I don't know, Theo Vaughn or whoever the fuck, or us, your mom's house or whatever. Oh my God, I love podcasts. You love podcasts. Find somebody with common interests and start talking about that. Find someone that looks cool, right? Like my friend Sarah, I liked her gear. So I was like, that chick's cool. Uh, same with the cool mom at preschool. That chick's cool. You find the person that looks like they're going to be simpatico and you fucking talk about bullshit. Hey, oh my God, did you go to orientation? I know how super lame was. I was so embarrassed. Oh my God, whatever. Common interests, what's happening in the world. Let's just talk about what's happening in the environment. And then you have a little drink and you loosen up and you share it. Ask people about themselves. They want to talk about themselves relentlessly. Ask them, where are you from? Where are you come? Where, where, what are you going to major in? That kind of stuff. People always want to answer questions about themselves because nobody talks to anybody anymore, millennials. It's my fault. Okay. What else we got, Mommy? Um, I think we have a call coming up. Okay, hold on. But first, let me answer. Let me do one more of these, and then we'll I'll throw to, to we'll go to Steve. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um. Do, 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 do. Okay. So this lady says she's trying to get pregnant. She ditched her IUD, and we started trying to get pregnant in April. Nothing yet. We're both healthy. 
My husband is super hot, 29-year-old stallion. I just turned 40 in June. And if I allow myself to go there, I get really discouraged thinking maybe we waited too long. The internet is no help. You mentioned something on your mom's house that you guys maybe didn't get pregnant right away with Ellis and that it took some time. I'm just wondering if you have any words of wisdom for a geriatric wannabe mom about getting pregnant when you're a little bit older. A hundred percent. I have so much. Okay, number one, F all the haters, Sherry. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. Um, number one, to assuage your anxiety and fears, Go to a fertility doctor now. Have them do ultrasounds and tests just to see what your FSH level is and just how fertile you are. Yeah, you're going to get read the right act because you're a geriatric mom. Best to know what you're really up against. Um, from what they told me, at 40, you got a 50-50 chance of conceiving um, au natural, I believe. Um, so those are actually pretty good odds for 40. Don't wait too long. Keep fucking. Start drinking. And drinking and screwing. That's really how you get pregnant. And if you can get your body ready, it says you're in good shape, right? Is that what you said? He's in good shape. I don't know if you are. No, we're both healthy. Great. Do Pilates, get your core strong, get your body strong, and then know the facts. Know exactly where you're at with your fertility so you're not wondering. Because the anxiety, I think, is what gets prevents women from really just letting nature take its course. So alleviate your anxiety. Just go get tested. And if, if the doctor does find out like, oh, hey, you've got, you know, the eggs are not in the basket. Great. You found out in time to do something about it. Don't wait until you're 45 and you've been trying for five years. Try naturally for one year, I believe, is the rule. And after one year, it's not working. But no, no, no. I'll take it back. For you, you're 40. Go now, bitch. Go make the appointment now. Go now, bitch. Go to the reproductive doctor and have them test you out. And uh, good luck with your young stallion. That's awesome. Okay, now we're going to do a call uh, with this guy, Steve. I was um, sent a wonderful email from his friend. Um, about, okay, so this is, this is kind of a, a tragic story, but something good's coming come out of it now. His wife had severe postpartum depression that went untreated, and unfortunately, um, she commits suicide. So to do something proactive, Steve started this organization that he's going to tell us about right now. Hello. Hi, Stephen. It's Christina. Hey, Christina. How you doing? Hi, good. Thank you for um, making time to take the call. I know I'm sorry we were running behind today. Absolutely. So I would love for you to just tell me a little bit about uh, the organization that you uh, are, are with and what it's all about. Okay, so we, I, I, I guess I'm the president and founder of the Alexis Joy D'Achille Foundation for Postpartum Depression. Um, and basically, it, you know, it came to be out of, you know, uh, my wife's and my, uh, you know, struggle to find help when she was going through it. And she was diagnosed with PTSD from a tra traumatic uh, birth. It was a code blue delivery. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, and it almost, it was kind of like she held it together for the first two and a half weeks when we got home from the, the hospital and this was back in, uh, you know, 2013. Um, her mom was with us helping out. You know, when she left, she was really unraveling. Really, really, each day became progressively worse than the, the previous. And you know, every morning started with her getting to the bed crying and calls to, you know, crisis hotlines and, oh. you know, debating whether or not we should have mobile units at the house. And then it was, what you know, what are the neighbors going to say if there's a mobile unit outside of the house and just all these you know so her story really encompasses all almost every area of perinatal mental health and just all so we and we 
saw the letdowns in every area of it. And so she came home after our daughter was born and she basically was convinced that she had damaged our baby and that her Mm -hmm. first act of motherhood with our very first child was hurting her child. And it was something that, you know, the last almost six years of advocacy work and hearing our story and, you know, I've, I've learned a lot more and it's, um, it's normal. Lots of moms have these thoughts, have these feelings. Um, I don't think anyone fully is prepared for, for childbirth. I think both mom and dad leave the delivery room. I don't even know if there's such a thing as a non-traumatic childbirth. <laughs> right. But, um, 100%. So there's, you know, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of, the conversation has to, has to change around yeah. childbirth and we need to be more prepared and men need to be, um, the bar needs to be raised on what it means to be a good husband and a good father. Well, that's a good uh, point, Stephen, because I think a lot of times the husband, the man feels very helpless when they, you know, they see their spouse might be depressed or maybe, maybe sometimes the spouse is pretending like they got their stuff together. And so what can, um, what can men do to help? And, I, and you know what I've found over the last six years with the Our Foundation and sharing our story is, you know, more men reach out to me or social media or what, however they contact me, um, than women. And I know that men want to do more. It's just for generations, we've been excluded from the pregnancy process for so long that it's actually abnormal if we participate with doctor's appointments. I think I met with an OB That's a couple so weeks ago and he said five to 10% of dads, there's 40 weeks, 10 months to establish relationships with OBs during pregnancy. And if we're a bigger part during pregnancy, I think the outcomes would be better postpartum. And so that's kind of where everything is going. And then me being a, a single dad realizing if I go to the park with my daughter, all the other moms that are so prepared and have their first aid and snacks and drinks and, you know, everything. And I'm winging it with my daughter, wherever I go, she goes. And, you know, I, I, if I'm at the park with her, every, you know, a lot of the women there with their babies are going to say, oh, my God, you're such an amazing dad. You're so this you're so, for, for being at the park with my kid. Or shouldn't we all be? And, you know, and they're praising me right. for doing certain things with my daughter, but they're not lifting each other up either. Right. They're not telling the other mom, you're doing a great job. You're, you know, you're an amazing mom. Right. It's just, it's expected. They're supposed to be doing it. And so I just think today's you know, world we live in, um, you know, most houses are, both parents are working and if mom can work and get to the doctor's appointments and why can't that be a part of it as well? Um, and I, I think, I don't know if I finished one of my thought. Um, and I think that OB said five to 10% of dads go to a doctor's appointment outside of the sonogram. (laughs) I mean, it's weird if you know it's kind of like yeah. what you know so the conversation needs to stop and so basically I'm, I'm rambling here but the foundation um you know my wife um took her life on october 8th but didn't pass until october 10th mm. and so she sat in two you know two days of intensive care two and a half days of intensive care and I knew she wasn't going to make it. Her neck was broken, and it was just a waiting game, and it was the worst, you know, two days of my life. And there was a time of, I would say I was mentally, emotionally, physically, you name it, whatever kind of illness there is, I was going through all of it. I couldn't 
I couldn't speak. I couldn't do, I was just shaking. And I talked with my childhood priest and, and even while I was in the hospital, everyone would say, you gotta be so mad at her. You gotta be so mad at her. Mm. And I was looking at her in her bed and knowing she wasn't going to make it. And I, to be, I, I was not mad at her at all. My heart was just completely broken for her, for somebody to feel the way she felt it's not fair. It's so not fair to her. It's so not fair to my daughter now. It's not fair for any woman to to have the courage and bravery to admit they're having this problem. She was so blunt with everybody what was going to happen. And we went to seven hospitals in our last 13 days, and it was everywhere we went, like people were looking at her, not listening to her. So and she was, was aware gross. that she was like, I'm having these thoughts and feelings, and she was asking for help, and nobody was giving it to her? Nobody begging to be admitted inpatient. Oh, um, wow. But it was always, you're not like them. You're not crazy. You know, look at you. I mean, on our fourth wedding anniversary on October 3rd, you know, we left an emergency psych room. And, you know, we were in a glass room that locked from the outside. Once we got in, we couldn't get out. On one side was the inpatient unit. On the other was, you know, freedom. She was begging to be on the, you know, mm. on the other side admitted. And, I, there was a social worker talking to my wife and I'm going, doc, like, wow, how do I keep her safe? What do I do? Oh. Yeah, and his response was, oh, you know, it's um, a woman like her would never commit suicide in a sloppy way. Mm. There's only two ways women like her commit suicide, asphyxiating themselves in the garage with the car or overdosing on pills. Mm. So as long as you get the pills out and keys out, she's going to be fine. And here I am naive enough to to believe him and so that's what i did we left and mm. you know she's not crazy so look at look at her she's educated she's pretty she fe- appears to be you know financially secure um she's religious like they were just finding reasons why she shouldn't get the help she needed or things that she could hang on it was like you know she the, and the only reason why she lasted as long as she did was because she feared that she would go to hell if she took her own life, but she mm. just didn't know how to get out of her own head. I mean, her, her anxiety was so paralyzing. So she ended up with PTSD, which kind of progressed into PPD. And then from there came the, like just the worst anxiety I could ever, if you saw her, you would get anxiety just looking at her. She would just grip her throat and rub her chest and back away from you as you talked to her. Wow. And, it was just horrible to see her in this place, and she just couldn't make it stop. And um, and then from there, because there's a shortage of psych doctors nationwide here, um, you know, two to three month wait. And then if you want a perinatal mental health professional, you're at a five to six month wait. Oh, um, yeah, crazy. it's like this yeah, doesn't but... make sense. And so right now, with our facility in Pittsburgh, we're you know. We're priding ourselves right now. A lot of the lines have been really crazy since uh, Chrissy Teigen kind of endorsed our program. And, uh, you know, we're getting calls from all around the country. But we're, we're right around 48 hours to get in and see a perinatal mental health expert. So I really think it's a model that needs to be copied um, around the country and what we offer women here in Pittsburgh. I truly, you know, there's a couple facilities around the country, uh, the Motherhood Center in New York and uh Chapel Hill has, a, has an inpatient program, and um, New Jersey has one, but it's so far and few between. 
Mm-hmm. And so I really like to think when, you know, in 2013, when we were going through it, my wife was, um, you know, got the exact experience that moms all over the country get, which is go home, you'll yep. be fine. Go take a walk. That's uh, what um, my friend Alyssa heard. You just need to take a walk, take a walk, hike, go for a hike. Yeah, and so, but how disheartening for somebody that actually yes. isn't suffering in silence, that's looking for help, begging for help to always be... I mean, on our case, seven places in 13 days, and everyone said, just go home. So it's no wonder, I mean, it really is no wonder why suicide is the leading cause of death in women uh, in this country the year they have a child. Ugh. The leading cause of death. It's the biggest complication in childbirth. Um, we offer services for women with gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, whatever, you name it. There's something. They're not told to go home and this will pass. Yes. which was what my wife was always met with. And this is the biggest complication. Twice as many women will be diagnosed with postpartum depression or perinatal mental health issue as breast cancer this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, let's use our voices to shine a light on this to demand change. Um, because no woman should feel like my wife. No woman should be turned away when they find the courage and bravery to admit they're struggling. Um, and it, it, until we do what we need. And it's so important to recognize that this is not a women's health issue, that this is a family health issue. And anyone that would like to say that, you know, differently, I'd be happy to tell them how it's affected me. Happy to tell them my daughter's turning six uh, at the end of the month, you know, the, the, the journey she's going to be on. Um, And the, you know, the questions get harder for me from her. And this is truly affected so, so, so many people, but uh, thankfully, you know, in a positive light with the change we've been able to create here in Western PA. So it's just one of those things where I, I appreciate you uh, listening to me because I like to get my story out to as many people as possible and then hope that the people that hear it share their story with somebody else and let people know that it's normal to feel like this and there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. 100%. And most importantly, if you if you do get help, you will get better. It's a temporary situation. Um, or, you know, for me, what, just watching kind of how having a front row seat, I guess, kind of for some of the positive change in this area, when you think about it, I mean, the divorce rates in this country are more than 50% in a normal, healthy relationship or a normal home. But when, in a home with a woman that goes with untreated postpartum depression, I can... I mean, I don't have stats, but I can almost tell you it almost always ends in divorce. Yeah, of course. And so, you know, what we offer is um, this truly family health, and it's giving children an opportunity to to, to grow up in a normal home with two yes. parents that love each other and support each other. And it, and it's really, I think, to me, the, the most amazing thing to see and to think about is, okay, 2,500 women in Western PA will go through our facility, but then all their children, all the other thousands of lives that are attached to those lives that are all getting the, the, the mom they love, you know, and daughter and niece and friend back. Um, it's just amazing. It's just really uh, something awesome. that I'm really proud of. So what is your what is your website and how can I help you and how can people get in touch with you? So we're www.alexisjoyfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm on uh, social media, but my, my old account is maxed out. So it's... Um, AJD Dad is my, uh, my, I guess, business account for the, for the foundation. A lot of people, what's been unique to see, too, with me is a lot of men 
it's easier for them to reach out to me first or for guidance mm. to help with their wives. So it's nice for me to have a, a link for people to go to to get me directly. But then we also have the uh, foundation page. Um, I'm usually, you know, this has been like a really amazing, passionate, grassroots effort by myself and the people that were closest and loved Alexis the most. And then, you know, she pulled her strings up there and we got the right health system that happened to be owned by the right health insurance company. And it's Allegheny Health Network and Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield that really went out on a ledge and took an idea and made it a reality. And just they've just seen what a differentiator this is with, with moms in our network to have access to care like this. Um, another cool thing I like to kind of, sorry, I'm rambling, but like to, it's such a, an amazing concept that we have in our facility. We have a really holistic approach with art therapy, with oh, um, group. Cool. Yeah, we have yoga, meditation, mindfulness, lactation consultants. We have, um, you know, private entrances for moms that have experienced, you know, infant loss, so they don't have to see other moms with mm. their children. We have an amazing uh, chef's demo kitchen where we have nutritionists and dietitians come in and teach mom how to, to cook a quick, healthy meal. Uh, but we encourage family, the whole family to participate. So not only can mom always bring her child that she's suffering with the, the perinatal mental health issue with, uh, um, she can bring all of her other children. And we have child care for all the other children that might be home. So we really it's built amazing. this facility within, with the idea of breaking down all the barriers to care. What prevents moms from getting the care that they deserve? I love and it. really figured out reasons. We offer free transportation to and from the facility for moms. So we're really trying to get rid of every obstacle that prevents mom from getting better. Um, and we encourage dad to be there. So with the kitchen, you know, maybe I love to cook because that's my family. We grew up in rest, family of restaurateurs and we love to cook, but most of my buddies don't. But if they're there with mom, they can learn a meal quick. It's one, you know, even if it's it's just one less thing for mom to worry about on top of all the other pressures. Mm. Um, you know, that's a big deal. So there's all these awesome things we offer in the facility that are real life coping skills, not just, you know, popping pills, although pills are usually a part of it, but we're, we're implementing, you know, the, the most stringent, best screening practices in the United States. And we screen for just, not only just the postpartum with Edinburgh, but also the, um, MDQ to uh, questionnaire to, to screen for family history. And that's one thing that's important for people that are listening is if you want to protect your loved ones, and I, if I could go back and change things, I would have asked questions around screening when my wife was prescribed meds because she had an adverse reaction because mm. you have, you can't get an appointment with OBs or with psych doctors and at the end of the day, the, the OBs, and it's not fair to them, they're the ones stuck prescribing these meds to, to new moms, but it's not their area of medicine, from my yeah, perspective. Yeah, it's inappropriate. To like, yeah. yeah, it's like going to an ophthalmologist to get open heart surgery. Like, you need a cardio, cardiologist for your heart. And yeah. so as long as OBs are going to be the quickest um, line of defense in prescribing these meds, shouldn't we at least be arming you know, OBs and, and demanding that they're screening um, to help avoid these adverse reactions. 
I mean, we should, and, and really that's on us to advocate. Like, Wait, is that what you're saying I, happened with your wife, that maybe she was put on the wrong meds? She was prescribed antidepressants that she should have never been prescribed. Oh, so she had and, an adverse reaction, it sounds like. yeah. Right, and so oh. some, like, some antidepressants, you know, if there's a family history, we'll just use bipolar generically. But if there's a family history of bipolar, there are certain antidepressants that the, the suicide rates are through the roof. Yeah, oh dear. So if you're going to be prescribing these meds, why are we not? screening better especially if the doctors aren't trained in prescribing well they're not so they're not you need to go to a psychiatrist who deals with exclusively right, medical you yeah. get an appointment you right get an appointment it's, the whole thing is fakakta so, the whole thing right yeah and so in my wife's case she was put on zoloft and then when she started having suicidal ideations and having these horrible thoughts she went back to her ob and said listen i think i need to be on something else these things make me feel crazy like i think i I'm having mm. thoughts of hurting myself. And rather than switch it to something else, they doubled her dose on her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So well, she's then there telling you go. me, like, I need to be off these. And me, having no clue, like most dads, I'm saying, no, you got to trust the doctors. It's going to take two weeks to kick in. It's going to, you know, and, on, uh, and then on the morning of the second week of the 14th day, she was she was gone. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. It's horrible. It's it's. It's, it's the just, worst. So I want everybody nice, to go nice. to the AlexisJoyFoundation.org if you want to learn more about this and what Stephen's doing. Um, and also people can reach out to you, Stephen, through that website, right? Any husbands that are concerned. And also um, if people want to donate, can they go to the AlexisJoyFoundation.org address as well? Yes, if they go to our website, there's a donate page. And that's kind of been... You know, we've been so fortunate and blessed to raise the money that we have, but I, I think our, our impact has been far greater than our fundraising efforts. So, you know, we have plans to grow and to open more facilities um, with HN and Highmark. Um, so we need to ramp up, you know, fundraising efforts. And I get a lot of opportunities to speak all around the country and Good. actually, uh, you know, abroad in Paris in March. Um, so that's, you know, that's, it's, it's expensive to, to share your story everywhere, but it's working. People are listening, and I want to keep doing it. So, Good. Well, I love your message, Stephen. I'd love Steven. to come out. Yeah, come. If you're uh, in L.A., I'd come here. Come out that. I'm going to be out in, in February. You know, Great. So I'd love to circle back with you. Come and to the studio. We're going to start some. Uh, I think we're going to have a pretty powerful uh, campaign from the foundation father, uh, centered around fatherhood. Good. We're, we're, we're in the beginning stages of it, but I'm excited for it. I love it, too. It, I so. love it. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. I know you said you had to jump off around this time. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us. Again, guys, AlexisJoyFoundation.org. Um, thank you again. I appreciate it, Stephen. I'll see you in February. I appreciate you, too. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, sweetie. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you, Steve, for that. That was... Um, Kind of a bummer, but kind of necessary. So I think we should leave the show on a positive note. I love these mom hacks. You guys, send me your mom hacks. Send me your videos. I love mom hacks. Here we go. Hi, I'm Panda. I have a mom hack. You should always dress in layers because you never know when you're going to have multiple layers you went through because of diarrhea, whether <laughs> it's you went through the first set of your underwear, then you're down to commando. You've got to need a scarf to get through the pants, just wrap around and make a makeshift skirt. And after that, good luck if there's any wind.
Good advice. Thank you. Sound advice. Layers, bro. That is so true. <laughs> Layers and extra wipes always have. You know what I did? I made in my car uh, a sanitation station. I went to Target with the kiddos and I put a bunch of hand sani and wipes in the console. So it's my sanitation station. Have you had to use it before? Hell yeah. Every freaking day. That's all they do. Their hands are always sticky. Face is covered in chocolate. Every time we get back in the car, I sanitize my hands, his hands. It's pointless, but yeah. So would you be able to count the amount of times that sanitation station has helped you on one hand, two hands, or countless <laughs> times? All the hands, all the hands and all the toes. Sanitation station. You got you to do it. It's, it's pointless, but you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. All right. All right, guys. That's been another episode of Where My Mom's At. Please, please send me videos. Send me voicemails emails are great but I, I like to see your beautiful faces i love to hear your voices it's so much more fun that way send it to where my mom's at at gmail.com the phone number is two one two one three three seven five five one eight four again two one three three seven five five one eight four okay guys thank you so much have a great mom week hang in there ladies good news it's almost the holidays <laughs> All right, bye. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at?